Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Fitz. Welcome to Shifting Ears, the internal podcast that we're starting here at Valley Metro. Talking about all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency, behind the scenes, and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Maddie, 2020 is finally over. See ya. And 2021 (laughs) has started with a bang. But good news, my office is still clean. I've kept my New Year's resolution. How about you? New year, new you? New year, new me. Also want to commend you as we're recording this on January 7th. So you've made it seven days. Woo-woo. Only 358 to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Check my math on that. Uh, yeah, my New Year's resolution this year is to read 25 books in 2021, which sounds like a lot, but... Last year, with spending so much time at home, I realized how much time I waste just looking at my phone or on social media or scrolling through Twitter. And if you just pick up a book for 20 minutes a day, it's kind of amazing how much you can actually accomplish. So I'm setting my sights high this year and going for 25. So far, I've read one. Oh, my goodness. I'm already on my way (laughs) to success. Do you have books already pre-selected? What's your next book you're going to read? Um, I think the next book I'm going to read is probably one I got for Christmas, but I just go on Goodreads. I hear interesting things from people who recommend stuff, and I just always have a list of books I want to read, so there's always like five or ten to choose from, and then whatever's at the library is usually what I get. Awesome. So we'll have to start Maddie's Book Club as another (laughs) podcast, and that way you can get all of your recommendations from Maddie for the new year for new books for you. Perfect. I'm ready. Speaking of the new year, new you, always doing new things, Valley Metro, of course, is also joining that train, doing new things. And we have a new contest happening right now. And it goes until January 31st. It's our Arts Line contest where you can recreate station art for fun prizes. Now, sadly, employees are not applicable to win, but family and friends are. All of the information is at valleymetro.org slash artsline. And the best part is, Maddie, you can do this all from home. So while I understand some people are still staying home and staying safe, which we appreciate so much, you can go to valleymetro.org slash artsline and use the interactive map that shows all of our station art. It also gives arts and culture destinations. So in the future, you can go out and explore But this map is so cool because it's interactive. You can see all of the 43 stations. Um, There's five splits in the middle. For those of you that think there are only 38, it's okay. And so there's art at all of them, including our TPSSs, which are our traction power substations. So we have art flowing everywhere. And you can get all of that at your fingertips online. You know, talking about maps, mapping the future, mapping out a new year, About a month or two ago, when we asked for topics to cover on the podcast, Samantha Hacker sent in the suggestion of GIS maps, which are a new-ish feature to Valley Metro and especially to a lot of our external users. And so we're going straight to the source today and talking to a couple of people who've been instrumental in developing that new technology for us. I'm Jeff Wilkerson, and I'm the GIS coordinator with Valley Metro. And I'm Peter Valenzuela, planner for CSD. We've been charged with geographic information system technology for the whole agency. Shout out Joe Gregory. Shout out Ben Davidson, holding it down in GIS. 
what is a GIS map and explain it to us like we're five because that's about the age we are when it comes to knowledge of GIS maps. GIS in its simplest form is just information attached to a map, but on the back end there's so much that you can do with it. Yeah, well, so I think GIS is kind of like a spectrum. So it's an analytical tool that allows you to dissect spatial data as well as display that spatial data in the form of, like, say, a map. It can be as complicated as displaying how many people who only own one vehicle live within a quarter mile of the light rail station and they also go to college. Or it can be as simple as showing where are the bus stops in Scottsdale. So when you, people think of GIS, they just think of the maps, but... Really, there's a lot of data and analytical components that are comprising GIS. On our GIS page, we have a lot of maps. Can you explain when Valley Metro started using them and really how you guys use them in a daily basis? Valley Metro has been using maps since before I've been at Valley Metro. They used to produce all of the maps for every bus route and light rail. We still maintain the data for those. But the eventual map interface, the thing that the public sees, has been moved over to marketing. And the main purpose of my group is to maintain and keep that up to date, as well as provide analysis and any other sort of interface necessary for people to access that. We initially started with some presentations to all of Valley Metro to say, hey, where could you use GIS data that you haven't thought about yet? And those meetings kind of turned into a few people Uh, reaching out to us. And Peter was one of those. He's in planning, but he has that kind of marketing eye. You know, he's a great drafter or artist and he can draw all kinds of stuff. He can take a look at something and tell you right away that that's just not good looking, you know? And I I think it's because of that. Some of the products that we've developed have really taken off. Yeah. Sorry. I had to clear my throat. I cried a little bit. Oh, so nice, Jeff. Thank you. Some of the projects we've been working on, I described it as building a Ferrari. You have the team who works on the engine and makes it super fast and makes it efficient and makes this awesome machine. And then you have the other team that says, this needs to look cool. It needs to be red. We need to have it sleek and it needs to go down on the front. And he and I make a good team that way where we kind of meld the two talents that we have and just been here for about two years. So he first started working here. He kind of came out and said, I want to make the GIS program more prominent. I want to spread it out to the different departments. I really want to build it up. What can we do? And that's kind of where we started this brainstorming. What what can we do other than just be the map guys? Him doing that and Joe Gregory allowing us to be creative kind of got me going like, okay, what could we do? You know, I would literally get calls and be like, hey, I need a map. Can you do this? And they're like, yeah, sure. Who's this? It kind of sounds like, if I'm understanding correctly, we've always used this technology or this software for the work that the planning department does, but really the change has been in thinking through other ways that we can more creatively put it to work and make it something that is beneficial to a lot of different users. Is that right? Yeah, and we have a lot of people using the data behind the software that, that we never thought we would have before. But you know, once we started having those meetings, the software company actually working with our safety department built an application for them that's available to any other transit agency just straight out of the box. All they have to do is add their data. So, you know, Valley Metro was kind of instrumental in that. You know, it's not the exciting part, but our plan is to again reach out and work on what we already have 
as, you know, this is what we've built since the last time we talked to you. Where else can we go with this technology? What other ideas? Because it's the people looking at the data and realizing how they could use it in their daily lives or in their day-to-day operations coming to us with these ideas like, well, yeah, let's give it a shot. And I think it all goes towards, you know, enhancing lives and creating communities, but it's part of, you know, what could be possible. And Peter's really got a great eye for that. You know, the company we use is Esri. And one of the newer technologies over the last couple of years that they've developed is a story map. And basically what a story map is, it's like an interactive map that has a narrative. You know, we saw this potential and, you know, I have background in art and I get along with the art team really well. So I started talking to them and said, hey, we should feature the art in a way. And they were totally on board and they had their own ideas about how we could do that. And we were able to utilize the story map. And we're taking the thing that they gave us, which is an off-the-shelf product, and really kind of ramped it up. So that's how the Arts Line map was developed, being able to not only display where the art is on a map, but have videos, have pictures, have a narrative story, and just really kind of build up what goes into public art, who the artists are featuring them. And um, that's been one of the favorite projects to work on. I remember when Peter came to my door and said, hey, I have this idea for this art map. What are you thinking? And I was like, I'm thinking you need to go down to marketing right now and talk to them because they are looking for a map for Artsline. And so just hooking up those two departments and, you know, getting this comprehensive map. And then now to learn that there was so much more back end, like in my eyes, it was here are some pictures, Peter, here are the locations, Peter. And then a beautiful map was made. Along with that, though, is, you know, it wasn't designed to be for public agencies. So it didn't have ADA capability. It didn't have, you know, Spanish translation. It didn't have all these things that Jeff was able to put in there so that when our users use it, we could reach a wide audience and really capture our writers. In fact, of the story maps, I would wager that ours is the most accessible of all of them because of the work that Jeff put into it. And that took a lot of back and forth and a lot of work from a lot of different people. But the vision and then the ability that really came together to make that project. Yeah, we were driven by Larry Sanchez, the ADA guy in marketing. He was like, no, it's not good enough. Keep working. I know that we took the Artsline map and, you know, added different and new features for our Railvolution, being able to take what you guys created to a separate level where it was displayed on a national level. How does that make you feel? And what went into making that second map? It didn't take long on the technical side, only because we actually put functionality back into it that already existed in the original one. So the video functionality and the panoramic shot functionality was already in the original. You know, really, it comes down to not only having the technology in there, but sitting in front of someone, mostly it's been Peter, but, you know, other people in marketing, the end user or the owner of the end user sits down and says, this is how I want it to look. Because we also customized this whole functionality, not just for Railvolution, but we also used it for our community. And we're looking into using the same thing for the Northwest Extension for the businesses that are being impacted by new construction. You both have mentioned the shop on or the our community maps that we've used with our business assistance program related to our light rail construction projects. So could you explain what those are and what they're designed to do and how users interact with those maps? We have Tempe shop on is a business assistance interactive map that we developed. And then we have the newest one is the South Central shop on our community map. What that features is 
businesses who buy into the program, we feature their business on the map in a photo. It's got their business hours, contact information. It has a little sentence, a little bit about the business, anything that they want to feature pretty much on there. If they want to be part of this program, they can feature a discount or something like that. You know, We have a lot of capability. Just let us know. We can always take this to the next level. We want to really build these programs up to be as cool and as innovative as possible and you know, not just keep them in the slow lane. So Peter, you talked about other departments utilizing different maps in different ways. Obviously, ArtsLine was a huge undertaking. It was the first time you added in the Spanish and the accessibility. So if a department does want to utilize a GIS map in some sort of way, if they're not going off the ArtsLine map, How long do you think it would take to put up just like a normal map? So like you're starting fresh, but all those features are included. One of Jeff's intentions early on was to not only reach out to the different departments at the agency and say, hey, what could you do with this product? And that's something that we've really kind of been working on is how do we get somebody from safety and security or person from marketing or a person from communications to be to a point where they could just log on and build this map themselves. And I think with some of the products that they're putting out nowadays, they're that intuitive. You don't have to have a background in GIS to build. You know, the newest one they have right now is called StoryMap Builder, and it's more intuitive than a PowerPoint. So if you can build a PowerPoint, you can build a story map. Well, even the map itself, ArcGIS Online, I mean, you start out with a base map in the background. You could easily just start searching for data, but then there's the story maps, there's dashboards, and there's the application widget builder where you just say, I want to have a a column on the left side. I want to have a button that does this. And it's just very intuitive. It's really to a point where anyone can do it and we want to get more people using it because they use it for the reasons they want. So it sounds like really the sky's the limit in terms of how imaginative and how creative we can be using these software programs to create different maps and, you know, expressing different things. So is there anything you're working on now that you have in your back pocket that we could get a little sneak preview that we should see in the next few months coming out? Coolest thing for me right now is 3D. And we got a planner, Aaron Xavier, who's been working on boardings at each of the individual bus stops. And you can see in 3D over time for a specific day, how many people on average within a half hour time frame are boarding that particular bus stop. And we have uh, the clever devices in all our buses and we're trying to get more information out. Ridership would tell us how many people are still on the bus. And it'd be really cool to see a pipe in 3D that got bigger as there was more people on the bus and smaller when there was less people on the bus. I've always been impressed with 3D. You know, it's a cool technology, but how can we use it for more than just looking cool, you know? I would like to see a 3D view of the valley where you see the light rail and the bus driving by, and you could see it on your phone and say, oh, I'm right here but the light rail is half a mile away and you can see it actually approaching as it comes up to you. That to me is the coolest thing that's out there. Yeah, that would be really amazing and I think would totally change the way people use transit in the valley. Yeah, and as Maddie said earlier, these maps have endless possibilities. You're doing internal things, you're doing external things, you've been on a national stage, and now we're trying to create this giant regional map for you know, everyone to know and utilize all of this data that we have. 
I think it's really important that people go check out these maps. We'll definitely have a link for them in the show notes. So make sure you check them out. Obviously, we've been touting about their work and everything that they've been making. So we want to make sure you have access to that. You can bring us back for any topic. You guys have special guests. You know, if you have any celebrities on, let us know. We'll come back. (laughs) We can have a recurring segment. Awesome. (laughs) A special shout out and thank you to Samantha Hacker for sending in this great idea. And if you want to learn more about them, or if you have a great idea with how your department could use a GIS map, you should contact Peter or Jeff. We'll make sure to put their email addresses in the show notes. We are so excited for all the podcasts we have coming up for 2021. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. But of course, we don't want to miss anything either. So if you have ideas or there's something else you want to learn through the agency, email us at podcast at valleymetro.org. For Valley Metro, I'm Madeline. I'm Brittany. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop.